0: Up. I like it. That means we need to start the show. <laughs> we are Guys in Shorts Sports Los Angeles. I'm Jeff Wilson, and if you were to ask me in any given week how the show is, I'd tell you, oh, it's the best show we've ever done. Well, this week is no exception, and I really, really mean it this time.
1: He <laughs> didn't last week. <laughs>
0: but this week, for sure. We'll, of course, be talking about all your favorite LA teams, including the Lakers, Kings, USC, and Galaxy, but what sets this episode apart is we have a guest who is an actual, legitimate, professional athlete from Los Angeles. He played on your LA Galaxy and the U.S. national men's team. Oh, yeah. Eddie Lewis is calling into the program. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We recorded an interview with this guy, and it is awesome. This is an athlete from LA that every kid dreams of becoming a pro athlete. This guy actually did it. And he's from our own backyard. (laughs) Even though we went to Cerritos High School, which we won't hold that against against him. (laughs) All right. Here with us, of course, as always, is Victor Costello. Lake Show. Yeah. And Darren Besa. What's going on? Uh Uh-huh. And Ben Garcia. whoop whoop And Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira.
2: Hashtag Baby Lakers. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: love it well a lot of lakers talk here i mean we may as well Uh, start there yeah we
3: won the title last week we did right Uh, first game of the season if the game if the season had ended after game one but only what 23 and a half more to go (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) according to vegas odds yeah
4: (laughs) oh man that was crazy it Literally watching the game, it, you if you didn't know what was going on and you had no idea what the time of the year it was or, or how many games they were into the season, you would think it was an NBA Finals game. The energy was <laughs> yeah. amazing, it, yeah.
0: It for those who don't know, the Lakers started the season strong with a big win against the Rockets 120 to 114, and then of course they dropped the next two to <laughs> Utah and OKC. But you know what? Let's talk about that first week.
4: <laughs> oh, it was it. It was so much fun, like those those kids, you know, baby Lakers that were out there, man. I mean, they just came out guns ablazing, and surprisingly, they actually played some really good defense in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. It was against you know their old coach and, and James Harden, and who doesn't play defense? But anyways, um, <laughs>
2: Sorry, hence one twenty one fourteen, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, 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 that kind of scoreline, you know, oh, man. And the crowd was just. Into it, I was I was talking to Eric the other day. I was talking to Eric the other day, and and, you know Mozgov had sent a text to his wife about the game, and obviously he's probably kissing up to Laker fans a little bit. But he texted his wife and said, "Man, he goes this. He goes this You got to do it in his voice. No, oh,
0: there you go, man. This crowd. <laughs> this crowd, was a really exciting. Yeah,
4: he he pretty much said it was the loudest crowd he's ever played in, really? and he nice. just won a championship last year. Yeah, go L A. Crossed
3: up to L A. for that one. Yeah, it was
4: it was it was it was just awesome. It was such a great feeling, and for a few you know days, we actually had a better record than the Golden State Warriors. Oh, so. which felt so great. Yeah. Yeah. They
0: are soft, by the way. It's like watching Case Keenum after one quarter of football. Like, wow, we are really doing it. Oh, no, maybe not. Maybe we're Uh, still (laughs) awake. Too small of a sample size. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, way too small. Anything that stood out to you guys in the game or...
1: Yeah, so the one thing that stuck out to me was that after that Rockets game, they the kids were interviewed. You know, how did you feel? Like, what was the energy out there? And everybody pretty much, without mentioning Kobe Bryant's name, <laughs> yeah. pretty much said...
4: Nice well, in, in some cases, running.
1: they actually that did mention did, his yeah. name. It yeah, was, yeah. You know what? Like, the, the monkey is off our back. We now get to do and, you know, play this game the way we want to play it and not the way some 36 or 37-year-old guy is telling us that we need to play it. And so... I, I'm real excited to see what they can do, playing the, the brand of basketball that these kids want to play.
4: But Ben's right, you know what I mean? Uh, these kids, they played with the freedom that they did not get to play with at all last year, and uh, you see it even in their two losses that they had against the Jazz and and the the Thunder tonight. That uh, they 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 you know they came here to play, and it, the score tonight seems a lot worse than it actually was. I think with like six minutes left, they were. Or four minutes left, they were down by six points or something like that. So uh, and they battled back. You know, they battled back against the mighty, you know, OKC Thunder. And Russell Westbrook had to actually come back in and play. So yeah, I'm, this team is going to be fun, man. It's it's going to be a fun season. So
1: I qu- like it. one question I do have is that how what's the concern level that you have with with Ingram, Brandon Ingram going down last game with a knee injury, and then them them not being sure about. You know what was gonna happen after that.
2: To me, that that's the one concern that I had going in is when you look at Brandon Ingram, he is so thin. Yeah. He is yeah. so thin. Real thin. And and we were having that conversation. Kevin Durant was thin coming out of college as well, but I don't think he was that skinny. I don't remember. I him mean being being he that he skinny.
1: is he's gotta run around he, in the yeah, shower he, to get wet. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> so that does concern me, especially if after game two he's showing signs that you know he may yeah. be injury yeah. prone. We'll see how how he is throughout the year, yeah. but it, that does concern me a little bit. So yeah. if he did play tonight, I the, the
1: concern that I'd have is that especially with somebody that's as young and as fragile as his body is, mm-hmm. that's not really necessarily ready for the NBA game yet, I would be I would take a conservative approach, particularly since this is a rebuilding season mm-hmm. anyway. That maybe Limit maybe you sit him minutes. for a week or something like that, so that you do make sure that his knee is okay, rather than throwing him out there right away.
2: And the other player that he reminds me of is uh, Sean Livingston, who played for yeah. the, when he started with the Clippers. I right. He had that horrific knee injury, mm-hmm. and that part of part of that was because he was so, you know, so thin, so yeah. that that affects how you come down and playing against right. the big guys. So that's who he kind of reminds me of, and hopefully uh, he doesn't have an injury similar to that because that was pretty gruesome.
0: Yeah, hopefully, not hate couch over there. It Way, to bring it down. Yeah. Way to bring it down. Whatever. They won their first game. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> One and two. When's the parade. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of exciting things in LA sports, the LA Galaxy. galaxy. I, oh, I got
2: four I, out of five yes, claps. I, got <laughs> I, I clapped my leg. And I, I'm sure it was off
0: tune, but whatever.
4: Tune?
2: How about that, Hammer? <laughs> oh, we're, we're feeling good. So, the Galaxy it is playoff time so we finally get to play for keeps we're getting the real games here so they finished the season in third, with, in third place so they got the third seed and so they got a home playoff game against Real Salt Lake who kind of skidded into sixth place so they were, were playing a wounded team and we had that game er- earlier this week the starting lineup was an interesting one because I had assumed that come playoff time we're going to see Gerard and Keane regardless of the chemistry going into the game and they actually were on the bench they did not start the game so Bruce Arena went with the team that he thinks is going to win rather than the big-name players. So I was actually surprised that Bruce Arena went with this lineup. So the Galaxy came out hot in this game. They were the aggressors, and they were aggressors for pretty much the entire game. Alan Gordon was getting scrappy early. He even got his jersey torn, and I, 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 I even tweeted out, he's going to look like a badass when he scores and celebrates with a torn jersey. And five minutes later, I got my reward, and he actually scored, and oh, he yeah. shuck the, shook the net like King Kong. With a torn jersey, yeah. so it, awesome. it, it was. It was just. It, <laughs> it made you awesome. feel this is this galaxy team was hungry that night. So so they took an early lead. Later, just a few minutes later. Uh, our favorite Game of Thrones character, Emmanuel Boateng. Oh, there he is. He he had
0: what Ben would call (laughs) a... You swear he was a Game of Thrones character. He gets wrong on that one. But
2: uh, he did what Ben would call a Charmin Soft penalty. So Uh Uh uh, there was a trip up in the box. They tripped one of the Salt Lake players, causing a penalty. And so they tied up the game 1-1. And that was the turning point in the game because that pissed Emmanuel Boateng off. And it was the Emmanuel Boateng show for the rest of the first half. (laughs) And he was just a man-possessed... Uh, kills. Yeah, highlight of the game because he's a speedster. Is he he wiggled his way and squeaked his way through five Real Salt Lake defenders and slaughtered one past the keeper. And then just I believe it was seven minutes after that or nine minutes after that he got even more revenge and got another uh, added another goal where he slipped it past the keeper. So Emmanuel Boateng was just a man possessed. He was burning all of the Real Salt Lake defenders. They looked defeated. They were trying to grab his shirt, trip him up, doing everything they could because he absolutely just owned them. There is a great. Uh, kind of joke on on the LA Galaxy social media. Someone actually updated the Real Salt Lake Wikipedia page. Oh, and they that changed, was awesome. They changed the owner to Emmanuel Boateng <laughs> because he absolutely owned them. He scored four goals this season. All four of them have come against Salt Lake. That's so if, if he could play against Salt Lake every every week, I'm sure he would. So that, that was kind of the, the highlight of the week. So they won their knockout game, and they advanced to the next round. So they play in the Western Conference semifinals against Colorado. That was on Sunday. So the format changes in the playoffs a little bit once we get to this stage. Uh, it's now a two-game home-and-away aggregate series. So basically, whoever has the highest total score after two games wins. So uh, even if you win the first game, if the other team scores more goals in the second game, that can have an effect as well. And if we have one of Ben's favorite ties that happens, there's something called the away goals rule. So if you score a goal on the road, that actually is worth a little bit more if it ends up going into a tiebreaker situation. So things get kind of... Interesting. Once you get into the playoffs, so they use final scores to do the final tiebreak. Final final score. So if the first game and the second game, they tally up both scores. Whoever has more goals at the end of that wins the series. But if it's still tied, then it goes to whoever scored most goals on the road, road. because those are supposed to be more valuable yeah. than a goal scored at home. Is that so
0: MLS thing or is that, that that's the way they nice. do it in Europe as really? well? So
2: mm-hmm. M- huh. MLS has actually changed their playoff format about seventy times in their twenty <laughs> years uh, of existence. And so this is the closest to, I think, the best format that they could have for a playoff because it it rewards the top teams they get a buy. And then this home and away format, you get the second leg at home if you're the higher seed. But we'll kind of talk about how how that goes. So because Colorado is the higher seed, the Galaxy hosted the first round, the first uh, home game, the first leg. So um, it was – Colorado is kind of the the what is it the immovable object against the unstoppable force because Colorado has been defensively the best team in the league and the Galaxy the Portugal <laughs> the Portugal of, of <laughs> MLS. see Vince Vince <laughs> speaking well my done, language babe. I hate well that done. I know that. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're rubbing so, off and me. the Galaxy is, is has a potent offense so I was going to see which one is going to give so the lineup the lineup for this game uh, was unchanged from Wednesday so this is another thing that surprised me is because again I thought well you know they played on Wednesday. We're going to play another game. Are they going to go back to Gerard and Keane, those old you uh-huh, know stars right? of 2004? or Are we going to see the Galaxy <laughs> team you know that looked good on Wednesday? And he started the same lineup again. So this tells me Bruce Arena is playing with the hot hand. He is not going to go wow. to the guys who who have the big names. He's going to go with the hot hand. Guys like Landon Donovan who are getting the start. Alan Gordon. These aren't weren't your big names, but Don, they Donovan got the start. Donovan has played three had three starts in a row. So he has been invaluable, and I'll kind of touch on that a little bit later. So Donovan has been great this season. So um, in the beginning of the game, Colorado uh, looked good. They kind of pressured the Galaxy a little bit. They have uh, a United States national team goalie, Tim Howard. He's going to be tough to get by. So that was the scary thing. Are they going to be able to to break him down? But it was very clear that this is going to be a different game than it was against Salt Lake, because Salt Lake looked like they were just waiting for someone to put them out of their misery and knock them out. And Colorado is not going to be that way. They're defensively going to hold up to the Galaxy a little bit better. So Tim Howard shut down some great opportunities. Alan Gordon almost had one, but a foul was called seconds earlier. Sebastian Legit had an opportunity, and he was stonewalled by Tim Howard. So it it looked like it was going to be a tough go for the Galaxy, even though they finally got their legs under them and started going. In the second half, uh, Colorado brought in Jermaine Jones, who's another U.S. national team star, and he was their most dangerous weapon, which actually is a good thing for the Galaxy because um, if their 34-year-old sub is their biggest weapon, then maybe – that's a good good sign that he's the one that the galaxy has to worry about. <laughs> right. uh, but once the galaxy were able to kind of withstand those sh- shaky moments, they got their moment, and it was a huge play from the machine. Who is the machine? That is Yellow Van Damme. <laughs> that is Yellow Van Damme. So uh, he's he's, he, he, he's, is, Van he's my MVP. I yeah. mean, this
4: guy, he, coming from a defensive standpoint, this guy just blows my socks off. I, I love this guy.
2: And that's the best part is he's a defensive player. And usually, you would think Sebastian Legit, Giovanni Dos Santos, those are the guys who have the on-the-ball skill and take on defenders. But it was our big, bald, lumbering center, <laughs> center defender. He nutmegged one of the Colorado defenders. Whoa, whoa. He looked like yeah, he was a play. Yeah, he looked like a, What's a nutmeg. He yeah. He kicked the ball through one of the defender's legs oh, and wow. ran and right around him.
4: You go around him and
2: he made him look foolish and mm-hmm. then he, he crossed the ball to Dos Santos. So normally you would think Dos Santos with the on the ball skill and Van Damme with the header, <laughs> but it was Van Damme but- with the on the ball skill and Giovanni Dos Santos headed it on goal and he actually caused one of the Colorado players to head it in their own net but Dos Santos did well to put it on target to put them in that situation so I need to give uh, Yellow Van Damme a key to the city because he, yeah, he's been the captain yeah. in the last few games and he ha- even has his own catchphrase it's money time so you know <laughs> there's video of him before the game saying it's money time he's getting on social media yeah. you could tell he has passion for this club and he wants to win so well, Johnny Manziel and, has like passion right? <laughs> oh, yeah. a- amongst other things <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
4: speaking of money and he liked one of our tweets so we really like Yellow Van Dam Johnny Manziel? no
1: No. Yellow Van (laughs) this is LA Sports
2: (laughs) Jeff. So the, the Galaxy held on to win 1-0, which is huge because they have that 1-0 lead now going into the away leg at Colorado. And they didn't allow any away yeah, goals. Yeah, and they didn't allow any away goals. So that's the other thing. I mentioned how away goals could oh. play an important role, and they didn't allow Colorado to get any away goals. Excellent. So I would have liked to have seen a second goal because that really would have put Colorado in a difficult spot, but I'm still happy with... Uh, taking a lead going into Colorado. So the Galaxy would do themselves a huge favor because just by scoring one away goal next week, that would force Colorado to need to score three goals to win. And Colorado hasn't scored more than three goals all season. Like I mentioned, they're not a high-powered offense. So if they can get an away goal next week, then I think the Galaxy is going to advance advance to the Western Conference Finals. Oh. Yeah. So, so that was going to be my next yeah. question. So they get out of this round, they play
1: the Western Conference Finals, which is like the NBA exactly where that gets to the, the finals. Be, it will
2: be another uh, home and away Series and then the final is just a one-game winner-take-all. So, but but this is an exciting time. I think they can do it. They're in we're position.
4: Looking yeah, that's looking right, we're looking at
1: i'm excited hammer is on. <laughs> yeah. It didn't work for the Dodgers when we got high and mighty. 2-1 yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, why'd you got uh, uh, <laughs> it? jinx it? The magic is with. Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> um, right. You know the what? I'm rooting, I'm rooting for you, Eric, that you guys win because
0: I like it when you're happy. you. I appreciate that. You have never once said that to me about any of my teams. <laughs> <laughs> and, get off, ben ben <laughs> just <laughs> loves the Galaxy. How dare you? What a punk.
2: I like it right. more than I like him. Cheers. I'm, yes. I'm drinking yes. to that. But, yeah.
0: cheers. 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 Yeah, cheers. cheers to the Galaxy cheers. so they can cheers. do it.
2: And here's what I'm most looking forward to is with the 1-0 lead, even a tie puts us into the next round. Oh. So the Galaxy have tied all season long. I think it would be very fitting <laughs> if they tied their way into the Western Conference Finals
0: yeah. a Portugal, there it is! Oh my God, bringing yeah. it all it home, comes full circle. Wow! Congratulations, Thank Hammer. Well, we'll be rooting for the Galaxy. Next week, we'll see how we do next week. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm feeling good though. Woo. Good stuff. Well, in honor of the Galaxy in the playoffs, as I mentioned before, we have a real, legitimate, <laughs> 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 LA professional
2: oh, athlete. Yeah, LA Galaxy legend, US Ooh. national team oh. legend. It's oh, yeah. that's good
0: stuff. Magical so we, left foot. We did an interview with Eddie Lewis. And this is an awesome interview. Eddie was kind enough to spend quite a bit of time. So what we're going to do is play for you an edited version of that interview right now. And if you'd like to hear the whole thing, you can check that out in a separate show that will also be on the feed. So be sure to check out the whole interview because the guy is he's an <sighs> almanac of soccer, but just <laughs> a cool stuff. dude to listen to.
4: Yeah, we got some great uh, archival you know, soccer audio footage. Uh, that's going to be saved throughout uh, all time, as far as I'm concerned. People are going to come absolutely. back and listen to this pod, this yep. interview, 20 years from now when we win yep. the World Cup. And I feel uh, like if we send a time capsule <laughs> to Mars or yeah, something like yeah. this, this pod should it's, be. be in there. <laughs> interview <laughs> should <laughs> be
0: nice. in there, and from, the
1: stand- sure. and from the standpoint of non-soccer fans, let me say that when you're talking to any professional athlete, regardless of what sport it is. To hear the story and to hear what goes into becoming a professional athlete oh, yeah. is always an amazing thing. Yeah. So even if you don't watch soccer or listen to soccer or watch soccer, make sure you check out wow. the entire interview. That's yeah. that yeah. sealed that, the deal, right? There you yeah.
0: go. D- has D- D1 approved. approved. Yeah. <laughs> right. D1 approved. It. All right. So without further ado, here's our interview with Eddie Lewis. We are massively fortunate to have on the line with us now Eddie Lewis, who... And I'm taking this straight from Wikipedia, so Eddie, you're going to have to correct me if any of this is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) He had his 14-year professional career. He played extensively in both the United States and England, including your Los Angeles Galaxy. He was also a veteran member of the United States national team throughout the late 90s and 2000s. He acquired 82 caps, scored 10 goals, and represented his country at the 1999 Confederations Cup, the 2002 World Cup, the 2003 Confederations Cup, the 2003 CONCACAF, excuse me, <laughs> Gold Cup, <laughs> and the 2006 World Cup. On the line, Eddie Lewis. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Legend. Thank you. and and.
5: Heck of an intro. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> it Sounding fairly things? extensive. <laughs> oh, that is that extensive.
0: Good. And that fails to mention the really important thing, which is grew up in Cerritos, California. That's right. And attended Cerritos High School, which uh, we have a Cerritos High School alum in the room yeah. in Eric. And uh, of course, a few of us that went to Gar, your rival high school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Obviously, you're going to win while. any argument that we have <laughs> on which school produces the better uh, <laughs> the
4: better students. But that that takes it way back. Yeah, absolutely. Just for our listeners, uh, the way we uh, the way we got Eddie on the show is I actually was lucky enough to play with Eddie long, long time ago on a club team called the Western Orange County United Star Blazers. And uh, Eddie joined us. And even before Eddie came on that team, he was well-known in AYSO as like this stud player. Like he was was big. He probably won't admit it right now, but he was even in AYSO. (laughs) Ben, Ben, you can relate to that, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yes, I can. (laughs) Uh, Did you know at that point that soccer was going to be more than just like a recreational thing for you?
5: Yeah, I mean, honestly, and and you you really hit the nail on the head. I mean, that was, uh, for me anyway, the moment, I mean, that, turned me into a, a, a really a, a man or a, a, a young man at that point you know going from really a kid who loved soccer and was passionate and kind of playing uh, soccer with kids to now um, really in an environment in which was a bunch of men I mean men willing to to take on and and you know sort of fight other men and for me that was just, an incredible growth opportunity. And and really when I kind of saw the light and and said, listen, if I can compete with these guys, I'm, I'm really not scared of anyone. And the environment they created there, I mean, Roger Wyatt was just, you know, sort of just kind of transcended really at that point, kind of club soccer, just because it it was so much more than just the on the field playing, but kind of the growth off the field and the competition in training um, really you know, it, it made the transition even at the collegiate level and UCLA, which is a, a very established school, um, not nearly the, the kind of daunting step that a, that a lot of players take. So it was it was really that was um that was the most intense days, I think, in in almost my entire career because I felt like I went from a sixteen a year old, you know, little boy into you know what turned into an eighteen-year-old young man.
0: Well, so you became a man at sixteen, and I'm thirty-eight. I'm, I'm a little behind <laughs> the <laughs> curve. We're i been a, waiting for I step up yeah. my game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll kind of
2: jump in. You kind of segued into it. So you, you know, you mentioned that the league hadn't didn't exist yet. So do you think playing being in Southern California and going to UCLA had an impact at your, on your game at all?
5: Yeah, w- without a doubt. I mean, I think it still does. You know, for a lot of Southern California players, it's so dense with so many great players um, and, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, at the time guys like Ante and Jerry and, and the Damon Browns of the, of the world, I mean, these guys were so far ahead of the curve, you know, sort of technically and playing in such competitive environments. And, you know, a lot of times they were playing in, in men's leagues and, and other things that just, you know, traditional youth structure would have, would have never offered. And I just think that sort of variety and because the game is sort of so embedded and you have so many different cultures in, in the Southern California area that, um, you know, if you can kind of survive and rise to the top here, I think you set yourself up pretty well for, um, you know, certainly the competition domestically.
4: Having followed followed your career on my couch uh, th- when you were playing, uh, I've always wanted to ask you this, this question and it was, what... When- was it like putting on that national team jersey and stepping out on that field for your first game? I mean, that just it must have been amazing. <laughs> oh, that
5: to be yeah, lovely. that I mean, that's that's really it, right? I mean, and for me, it was it was you know you kind of grow up at a time. Um, my dad was was much older, and he was actually he was in World War Two. And wow, You know, so he was kind of a bit of a a, a war buff in in a sense, and, and a pretty patriotic dude. So uh, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, I think you know besides just the accomplishment of you know what a soccer player may say is you know sort of the, the pinnacle of your career in terms of you know representing a nation or anything else, I really always took this kind of extra special pride in really kind of representing the country and it was it feels kind of corny every time I say it, but <laughs> not in corny a lot I feel of ways like it, it, it was it was such a proud you know, moment for me and I knew how much it meant to my dad and everything else. So oh, that's me, awesome. that was a big, big part of it. It wasn't really till later that I kind of from an international soccer standpoint was really starting to appreciate, you know, the level and the competition and the opportunity, but, um, you know, for a while and certainly early on, I was, I was just so proud to kind of um, be one of the very few that could kind of represent your nation and um, pretty cool.
0: Having, not represented my nation in anything like that's <laughs> that's the answer that we want to hear. Oh, like totally, that is the totally. Thing, yeah. I wish Ryan Lockdeep listens <laughs> yeah. to what you yeah, just said, yeah, exactly. The pride and respect that you have that's that's awesome.
4: All right, speaking of the U.S. men's national team, I want to go back to the 2002 World Cup. The uh, goal that you assisted on against Mexico that sent the U.S. to the round of 16, which, yes, of course... The
2: original dos a zero. That's
4: right, the original <laughs> dos a uh, I know Eric and I at the time were going nuts when that happened, but uh, if you could you know, walk us through that goal and just uh, what is it like to be a part... Of a, you know, What is it like to be a part of such a huge moment in, in U.S. soccer?
5: For me still, um, you know, and I kind of get... Uh, goosebumps thinking about it you know definitely um you know one of the, the the absolute if not the highlight of my career and uh I mean I guess to better understand probably the game and certainly that time I don't know how well you remember but you know we were winning 1-0 but as in a lot of cases in in soccer in particular you know Mexico was was really starting to break us down. Friedel was making tons of saves. Yeah. And you could just feel it, right? I mean, it was coming. And if they got one, you know, they were going to get three. And it was, you know, we were sort of holding on. Um, at the time, I just remember, you know, I was kind of playing like a wing back position, doing a lot of defending. And I just thought, you know, if, if you know, on a couple of these, as we're starting to get tired, you know, if I can just take some chances and get forward on the break, you know, and see if we could kind of hit him on the counter. Um, you know, this might take some of the pressure off. And, and I remember, I mean, I, I played it on the John Brian. He got the ball. He kind of gave me a look, but then he went inside, kind of looked me off, went right. And I kept trying. It was just one of those plays where he kind of knew. He still knew I was there. And he doesn't really get enough credit for the goal itself because okay. he did a really Great good Great ball, yeah. Yeah, insisting the whole kind of Mexico defense, right? So he kind of slid them all over, you know, to our right and their left, which kind of, even you know, opened up more space for me, kind of on the wing, and then sort of pulled it back on his left foot, tipped a really nice ball out to me, and I can just remember thinking, <laughs> I mean, it was just a slow, beautifully floated ball. And I thought, okay, just all I really need here is just a really clean first touch. And if I set it up, then, you know, the the rest of it is, is my wheelhouse. you know, yeah, I know Let the left way foot do the
2: work. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I can
5: feel the defender coming, like just don't take a bad touch and then have to clean it up or dribble him or anything else. And I just remember as soon as it came off my foot and just sort of settled out in front of me, that was, that was really, it. I saw this streak. I didn't really know it was landing, but I saw this hole where I wanted to hit it. I knew whoever was running was running into that same hole and, at that point, you know, as soon as it kind of leaves your foot, you just kind of know, you know, <laughs> it was just well led, it was going. And as soon as it went in the you know, obviously the whole game, I mean, it could have gone oh, yeah. the final whistle right so there. Awesome. That was it. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was almost, it, it really wasn't even, you know, until after the tournament that I used to <laughs> wake up in the middle of the night, like, and I would wake up literally still scared, like...
3: Oh, man. <laughs> Thank
5: God I didn't screw that up. Like, wow. Wow. We were going to lose
4: that game, you know? Wow. So, yeah, it was a you know, great... Really I mean, just an amazing moment. moment.
2: So just to kind of bring it back to MLS, to me, um, as uh, a Galaxy fan kind of following them this season, it seems like there might be some locker room issues or the team chemistry. From a player's perspective, does locker room unrest or team chemistry, does that have any effect on what happens on the field?
5: Oh, yeah. I mean, it... it well, you're absolutely right. You know, there has been um, definitely some some problems this year. Like I said, we'll probably could go on to that. You know, the sort of offline. Ooh, you know, any um, dirt. Give me the dirt. Yeah, but um, Just yeah, kidding. no. It's a huge. It's a huge impact. In fact, it's probably you know one of Bruce Arena's, in in my opinion's greatest strengths. In that, wow. you know, he's always built really good locker rooms and you know he's done a, a very good job of kind of influencing it but at the same time kind of letting the players and and the atmosphere sort of evolve and um I'm not sure why it, it kind of got sideways this year it's it's fine you know they're a good team and they're coming together at the right time but you know in terms of the impact um you know without a doubt I mean if you if you have a great locker room is it going to gain, guarantee success? You know, of, of course not. But uh, if you have a really good team, but the locker room's a disaster, it, it makes it makes it a a lot harder. You know, it's possible, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it makes it um, a heck of a lot harder.
2: I knew it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> kind of
2: sticking with that theme. In the past, the Galaxy have signed some big name players. Arguably, some of them are kind of past their best buy date. Do you think that they should continue with that strategy or try to go younger with guys like Giovinco in Toronto or even Dos Santos, who they signed here in LA? What what strategy do you think the galaxy should see? Yeah.
5: I mean, listen, you know, these, I think obviously you want to get good players whenever they're available. Um, This year seemed a little bit um, interesting in that they were, they were grabbing a lot of players, you know, and, and sort of um, I guess in, in, to use your words sort of past their, <laughs> their, their, their yeah, I'll best take the heat, days, I'll take the if heat you will. And I said it, but um, yeah, I mean, listen, in, in my opinion, I think obviously the league is, is the real opportunity is in going after really good, young foreign talent, right? You're never going to fight Europe for the world's best players. Cause we're, we're just not there yet. But at the same time, there's a ton of really good young players That particularly, you know, South Americans or even European players that are having a hard time breaking into, you know, big first teams there, they would love to get games, play well, and, you know, they may still move on. But, you know, I know as a fan, I'd love to be watching uh, a young Brazilian, you know, play for the Galaxy that I know is being watched by, you know, oh, Bayern yeah. Munich and yeah. a few of the big clubs. And even if he's going to move on, you know, I feel like I'm getting to, I'm getting to watch him first versus, right. you know, maybe watching a player that I kind of say, well, he was a really great player. He's not you know really the same, but he's still doing a good job for yeah. us. And, you know, so there's probably a bit of both f- with that. You know, I think finding that younger player is, is certainly a, a tougher job in terms of, uh, you know, the, the scouting side of things, but um, you know, it's a well-talked-about subject, you know, within the league. And I think they'll continue to try and move younger, um, Mm -hmm. but without spending, you know, sort of unnecessarily
0: finding that diamond in the rough. That's right. (laughs) Well, Eddie, Eric and Vic would keep you on the phone all night talking soccer (laughs) if they could, but I know you're a busy man. So we want to talk to you about what you got going on now. Tell us about TOCA and, uh, your work with that and everything.
5: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, uh, TOCA is really, it's a, um, you know, it's, a it's, an idea that was born out of sort of my own training i think we talked a little bit earlier about you know the fact that i was sort of later to the game and you know sort of uh, long story short i started using a portable tennis ball machine to to oh wow really work on my my first touch particularly kind of my right foot and some of the some of the areas technically that just you know i i wasn't quite getting in training but i knew i needed in order to kind of get to the higher levels and you know i I basically took that concept and when i retired with the galaxy i I built a couple prototypes with you know sort of slightly um these kind of custom sort of size two if you will soccer balls and um you know really just started shopping it around and saying hey do you guys think this is something that um you know makes sense from a training standpoint I, i showed it to a lot of my national team friends and and coaches and others and um uh, everybody really supported the idea so long story short i i raised some money and we we opened a couple of centers to 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 test the training and i'm now you know f- three and a half years really into it and uh we started officially in in may beginning to to license the name and and sell the machines so it's a it's a really exciting time you know i mean i, I I started with really a, a, a drawing on a napkin. I mean, it's, it's one wow. of those stories That's crazy. at this That's cool. point. I have a couple of patents that, uh, you know, I'm an inventor on, and, and sort of created a business out of this. And, um, you know, in, in a couple of weeks or in early December, I'm in England meeting with the FA and wow. uh, talking about training for, for their youth teams and, and their injured players and their, their women's teams. So it's, um, it's pretty cool. It's very exciting because it's, it's a great way to stay connected to the game. And and again, you know, if I can really sort of influence, you know, particularly on the developmental side, um, you know, players, uh, even, you know, at, the, at this stage, um, you know, in my career, it's it's very rewarding, number one. Absolutely. But at the same time, it, it addresses kind of, um, you know, these, these bigger challenges of, you know, how do we catch up um, to the rest of the world?
0: nice that's very cool yeah for those who haven't seen the machines he's talking about it's like a pitching machine for a soccer ball and yeah all right <laughs> the, there's a video on the website that is really cool yeah, and shows very, exactly very cool. what it is and the kids are are it seems like they're really grasping it it's cool well how do people find out more about toka yeah toka football is uh
5: is the website and um like i said we're um we'll actually have a new version of the website here in a uh in a few weeks but it's pretty cool it's a it's, it's very cool it's yeah really, it's really it's really cool just the machine it's a it's a it's a full training system with automated feedback through an app and
4: yeah and awesome. a, so, all so the so rest cool. it's
5: a lot of fun you
4: had uh, and it's fun you had me at app but awesome. <laughs> well, when the u.s becomes the
0: soccer powerhouse That's that we right. plan to be in the next uh five ten years we'll have a. Uh, Token to Eddie, to yeah. Eddie yeah. Lewis. Yeah, yeah well exactly. done, Eddie. Thank you so much for taking the time with
5: us happy to help and um, whatever don't um, don't leave me too long have me on again at some point oh Any we time. would love it hey Any actually
4: time. Eddie I was gonna I was gonna see if uh, if Eric could if Eric and I could come down to one of your training centers and just get some audio
5: yeah absolutely no it'd be uh, it'd be a ton of fun oh um, yes. not a problem at all we'll put you through a full evaluation yes oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah,
0: so yeah.
4: now we're talking now <laughs> I'm in there you now go
0: now we're talking all, all, my, is uh, all my dreams <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I need to <just> start training <laughs>
0: I'll be there oh, laughing. Awesome. Perfect,
4: perfect. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah,
0: Eddie, thank you again. We'll definitely be in touch.
4: Yeah, absolutely. All, all right, right, boys. Take all care. Right. Thanks again.
0: Yep. Bye now. So there it is, Eddie Lewis. That's just a snippet of the interview. Well oh, yeah. right. done, Eddie. Right? Well done. Right? Ah. Oh. If you want to hear the entire interview uncut, be sure to check that out. That's also in the Guys in Shorts feed, and you will not be disappointed.
2: Did he just walk us through a World He Cup really ball?
0: did. Yeah, that was that amazing. amazing. <laughs> that was That's awesome. Do you know yeah. the
1: amazing thing about that is that it happened, what, 15 years ago? Yeah, 2002. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 The fact that he can remember the detail <laughs> right? of where he was. And that's the <laughs> yeah. thing about sports yeah. is that, you know, especially when, I mean, as a, I can only stand uh, talk from a fan standpoint,
2: <laughs> yeah. right? but right. that no, is but
1: that when you remember Shaq throwing, you know, throwing down that dunk, you remember oh, where yeah. the players were. You yes. remember all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So to, to actually get the, the first person point of view Incredible. was fantastic. Yeah, that was great. So cool.
0: All right. Uh, we got more <laughs> to talk about Raiders, USC, Kings, all that coming up right after this.
6: Here in L.A., we love our weather and sports teams, but we do not love our traffic. With a car accident every six seconds, we all know someone who's been in a fender bender. At Garcia Chiropractic, we specialize in relieving pain caused by sports injuries, car accidents, or just the stress of sitting in daily traffic. Our x-ray analysis ensures you get the treatment you need. Have you had a sports injury or been in a car accident? Know someone who has? Go to DannyGarciaDC.com to schedule a new patient exam. We're so confident you'll love your first visit. We're willing to pay for your gas. Mention Guys in Shorts, and you'll receive a $20 gas card. Again, that's DannyGarciaDC.com. Schedule your exam today.
0: We are back. I'm so, so pumped about that. (laughs) That was great. Uh, (laughs) That was cool. All right, but... Let's talk some Rams. Well, actually, we can't talk Rams because they were on a bye week. Rams did hey, a bye. Hey. Good you, news. They didn't lose. Hey. <laughs> can't, can't lose your bye week. Four and twelve.
2: Four and twelve. Seven and nine. Seven and nine. Play
1: for fun.
0: <laughs> oh, well, Case Keenum didn't blow it, so I'm yeah. I'm pretty excited. But they will be paying the... I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know. In the bye week, he might have blew, sure. you you blew it it on it. On the bike. The bye yeah, week. yeah. I'm, hey, I
4: wouldn't put it past him.
0: <laughs> oh, well, they come home and play the Panthers
3: on Sunday, so hopefully we can turn you know, things around. It's a good week for them to go ahead and take this bite because you know, right now the Rams have a—it's uh, like a poo-poo platter of problems right now.
5: <laughs> and you know,
2: it's he a good said, week poo-poo. for them. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's a good week for them to go ahead and take that bite. You know, kind of go ahead and rest and recuperate and. Figure out who's going to be that quarterback, not uh, Gage Keenum. Oh. And, uh, go ahead and uh, figure out who's going to be the, who's going to be the actual coach, not Jeff Fisher.
2: I actually have a, a friend who who texts me with a theory. My friend Michael Costa, who's a part time Prince impersonator. Uh, Wow,
0: <laughs> wow! So you know he's <laughs>
2: in. Yeah, that's the he, that he runs in. He no, Knows what he's talking that's about. That's what he was for Halloween. So I'm just giving him a <laughs> shout out
4: there. Um, oh, now, now I'm not impressed whatsoever. <laughs> but he
2: he mentioned an interesting theory. How Fisher doesn't want to start golf because he's kind of holding him as bait for that contract extension. Saying if he huh. wa- if he plays golf and golf plays you know, well, then uh-huh. he's not going to reap the benefits of that. So he's holding on to it, say, if you want me to develop this guy, then you better give me the extension and then I'll play him and develop him. But so he's kind of hold, holding that in his pocket. I don't know, you hmm. know, what the truth is to that, but and then maybe that they're downplaying that he's not ready. Maybe he really is, but they're putting things in the media saying he's not ready because
3: they don't want well, uh, then you that tell pressure me a, on them. You tell me a quarterback that uh, Fisher has developed.
2: Yeah, well, that's the seat? The, that's, the, that's the argument uh, against it. Yeah,
4: that's there the argument against it. There yeah, isn't one. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And uh, having watched Hard Knocks, um, I'm gonna say that he's not ready yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> even now, he doesn't know like... where the sun rises. Come <laughs> on.
0: And you know what? I think the Rams their their hands are tied because they gave up so much for him, and as soon as you put Goff in, you reveal your hand, right. and you either yeah. look like an idiot because you gave so much for the wrong guy. Or once you put him in, you can't take him back out because then you look like an idiot. Yeah. Like and you Once Goff with- is in, Goff is the guy.
4: Yeah, and you mess with his psyche. I mean, he's a yeah. young
3: kid, you know? So, Well, if, if Goff is not the guy and Keenum is not the guy, there's always Mannion. Which, there which- was that
0: report this week where it actually said that the coaches are favoring Mannion over yeah. Goff. yeah.
3: Wow. And Mannion had a crazy. great job during preseason. So uh, who you know, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Fisher is that type of guy, though, that last season, uh, I believe it was week 10, uh, Foles, Nick Foles came out of a two-game losing streak. And Jeff Fisher said that, yes, we're going to go ahead and stick with Nick Foles. But it wasn't until the next game that he just suddenly switched his mind. And he went in with Case Keenum. So you know what? Who knows what's going to happen yeah. during this bye week? Yeah. So you know what? It probably will be Case Keenum, but... Who knows? Who knows? Who knows?
0: Well, yeah. I suppose we can let Ben talk about a team that actually played this week. His Los Angeles Raiders. Oh, no, wait a minute. Oakland Raiders. Soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> yes. The Oakland Penalties. The Oakland Penalties oh, Raiders. That was true Raider football well, this week. Really so there
1: was a little bit of a throwback to the last 12 years of Raiders football, <laughs> and that is they were trying to find any way to lose that game possible. I think was it? What did it end up being twenty three penalties that set the record? Twenty three, yeah. If you take the ones that That's were crazy. not accepted by the other team, or you take the offsetting penalties, they were closer to thirty, and wow, they had wow. over two hundred yards of penalty yards. They had, what five hundred yards of offense, yeah, but two hundred yards of penalties, <laughs> and then Jan- uh, Janikowski missed two field goals late, uh, one to uh, end uh, regulation, and then one in, in, in overtime they literally tried to find every reason to put themselves in a position to lose that game and they they pulled it out so they're 6 and 2 they're in a great position and next week they go they play at home so that's the thing so they're 7 games into the season they've played 5 on the road so they're going to be really home heavy the second half of the season so they're going to go home they're going to play the
4: Denver Broncos and so it's going to be a tough game we'll see how things go um you know the real reason why they took so many penalties <laughs> Derek Carr wanted to pad his stats. He wanted to have more garbage yardage, oh, yeah. so yeah. Garbage, more time, more time he go. goes back, the helping, more times he's got to go forward. There helping go. all his Padding fantasy footballers, yeah, runners. fantasy football. Yeah, that's, well, really I would. Nice that's what him. I would do. If his offensive
1: him. line didn't help because there was a couple of passes where he threw for thirty yards or forty yards or whatever it was. And he got called back holding on the offense, and so yeah. it was it was really tough. It was, yeah, a but tough then the game next to watch. time
4: it was you know thirty five yards. So,
1: but you know these are the things that the Raiders are learning, and that is that they had a little bit of a a lead in the fourth quarter, and again, they gave it up. So it, it doesn't really give me a lot of confidence going into the second half of the season because it's almost like when they are ahead, you're expecting them to give it up. And good teams don't do that. Now, they've had the ability to come back with the, at the end of regulation and to win some of these games and had some good luck, like with the, uh, the uh, Chargers, when they had that fumbled snap for right. the field goal and things like that. But they're winning, and that solves... Everything. And and the and hopefully Jack Del Rio and I'm sure he's going over the tape with these guys and they are young, you know, and yeah, that so yeah, they're gonna get sure. into the playoffs this year and they're gonna be playing against a well coached team and maybe yeah. somebody that's a little bit more seasoned than they are, and they're gonna get knocked out. That's that's my guess. That's
2: gonna come back to bite them. But at what's some point. going
1: to happen is that they're learning everything right. right now. So that going into next season, even though they're a young team still, they're gonna be that much more seasoned and ready to compete. And I think that next year is gonna be the year that we're really gonna make some
0: noise. There you go. The Las
2: Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas (laughs) Raiders. Super Bowl (laughs) (laughs) champions. Let's keep Uh. the
0: football talk going. Hammer. USC played. And we're looking good. Oh, my <laughs> gosh.
2: <laughs> Another 20-point victory.
0: Are so, we going to give Clay Helton an
2: extension now? No, <laughs> I don't know that we're going to give him an extension because <laughs> we're ready to fire him early into the season. <laughs> right, right. But he's definitely done much better these past few games. And USC, their talent is on display. Uh, they, they came into this game. It was on a Thursday night. They were on a three-game win streak. They were coming off a bye week, so they looked poised to get the win at home versus Cal. Cal, who... who historically has not been really a powerhouse. No, but they play USC tough. But but they play USC tough, and they've been putting up 40, 50 points a game. They have uh, one of the fastest offenses in the NCAA. A lot of plays, a lot of passing. So that was the one thing that made me a little bit nervous, and they were coming off a big win against Oregon. Um, But USC was able to kind of shut them down, and they didn't let uh, cal get get rolling justin davis was still out injured they're running back so ronald jones capitalized on this and they ran all over cal just uh ronald jones is the one who capitalized on it he had 223 yards and a touchdown so just an wow, absolute nice. monster game a career high for him and, oh, by the way, Cedric Ware also had a career high with 130 yards. So USC, as a team, rushed for 398 yards, which is <laughs> absolutely insane. That were, takes you back to the Lindo yeah. White and Reggie oh, Bush man. days. they were just running at will uh, against Cal. So they dominated the run game. The Cal, they made the Cal defense. They were huffing and puffing, and they just looked defeated uh, before the first half. So, so they just looked overmatched. USC looked great. Sam Darnold just keeps doing Sam Darnold things. Another five touchdowns. On two hundred and thirty-one yards, so you know, just uh, the efficiency of him, and he just makes everything look so effortless. I mean, and it doesn't hurt that he has freak athletes like Darius Rogers and Juju Smith-Schuster to throw the ball to, but he he just makes it look so easy. Two hundred and thirty-one yards, which is not an amazing stat line for a quarterback, but five touchdowns for two games in a row. This guy is just an absolute stud, and the fans and and the coaches they just can't stop raving about this guy. And I know what Ben's gonna say. One time per game, he does kind of put himself in danger. And that is the one thing that does worry me a little bit is he he holds on to it for a little too long. and maybe, you know, he he's gonna put himself in danger, but he's still young. He's still a freshman. Yeah. he's gonna he's gonna work those things out.
1: I think a lot of that's going to come in the off season when they look. And, and they really spend time and in, because in, uh, you know when you're preparing the following week for another team, mm-hmm. yeah, you do look at some of the old tape and, and the coaches will come
0: out. But I really think that that's something you fix in the offseason. Eric, I'd like to apologize. I think maybe we've been doing too much of this podcasting because <laughs> you have a Ben Garcia voice in your head where you can you know what he's going to say before he says it. That's a scary place to be. <laughs> I love it. Your keeps shoulder. me on my toes. It's,
1: I tell my wife all the time. I go, you know, it's. I like where this is it's going. nice. Yeah, wait, wow. For me to be me because I'm consistent. And the fact that I'm consistent is <laughs> that, that you can already know what I'm yeah, thinking the, and what I'm going to say. The, c- the computer
2: that. program is written. Yeah. I, might
1: be <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know what's coming. Yeah, I <laughs> might be <laughs> ignorant in some I say, and I might <laughs> be stubborn,
1: but I'm damn well consistent. Oh. <laughs>
2: so the game the game was close at some points, but USC never really looked to be in danger. The other notable news uh, was that Adoree Jackson broke the school record for return yardage, giving him uh, 1,779 yards in three seasons at SC. Every time he gets the ball, the crowd is holding their breath. Uh, he's just something special. And you know that he's going to be playing special teams on Sundays, and he's just a special player. So getting to see him break the record, and, and, and he's just an exciting player to watch every time they punt the ball or do a kickoff. you just He has that, that possibility that Dory Jackson's going to break it loose for one. So you mentioned Sundays. Is that going to happen this offseason? I, th- I think so. I I th- his stock is so high; yeah. it's almost foolish to stay back, especially totally when uh, you know guys like like Matt Barkley, guys like Matt Leiner dropped. they they dropped after yep. staying at SC. And yep. I think maybe the sample size is big enough where you say you need to go. Well, that and you're not contending for a
1: national championship. Yes. I think if they were going to go back the following season to kind of complete his college or collegiate career yeah, to that, get that title, that but unfinished they're, they're business, close yeah. to that. So I think that absolutely he leaves at the end of the season.
2: Yeah. So so next up. Is homecoming versus Oregon they're going to play them on I Saturday. I think we're going to whoop some asses. I weird. think so because this is not the scary Oregon no. that dominated the, the Pac-12. They're three and five, and this is the Oregon that got beat by seventy points yes. <laughs> against the Washington. Oh, oh wow. yeah, they got worse or so, some some ridiculous. Yeah, number. their wins this season are against UC Davis, Virginia, and Arizona State. So this is not
4: UC Davis. Yeah, so this is yeah. not the wow. Uh, yeah, That's a I, win.
2: I have a friend who went to Oregon, and he said that teams do drop out of wanting to play Oregon, so they end up having to play these smaller schools like UC Davis. So That's not necessarily their fault, but still when, when that's your shining, uh, example is your yeah, win against UC yeah. Davis. That's not not a great thing. I that's, think not they beat, get, <laughs> that's not getting you in the BCS. No.
0: <laughs> I think they beat Buena Park Community <laughs> yeah, College they, yeah. as well. <laughs> I think so. I think they're playing Cypress College in the next week.
2: And th- The craziest thing about this is USC is still in the running for the Pac-12 championship. I'm going to keep going. I can go all night. No, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the power is out of their hands. Uh, U- Utah got another loss, but they need another loss because Utah has the tiebreaker. Colorado needs another loss where USC would have the tiebreaker, but they Have to win out and beat Washington, who's the scary the scary opponent. You don't want to look past Oregon. uh, You don't want it as a gimme game, but I think you can. I think they're going to beat up on Oregon. But so their biggest game of the season is going to be against Washington. I think it's going to be even more important than the game against UCLA because that's going to be if they can win out, they they're they're still in it, and that's the craziest thing with how rough they started and wanting to fire Helton and the the fiasco against Alabama is they they can still win the Pac-12 South. So I I have a question.
1: So. I think I know the answer, but I'm not exactly sure. So, because my I know, program
2: isn't figured out, you I, know. Where I'm
1: I know that in the Pac-12, there's the North and the South division. <laughs> so, if you lose to a team that's in the North, does it count against your division record?
2: It's still a it Pac-12 does. loss. Yes. Okay. So that's why uh, Washington beating Utah is still counts
1: as, a, as okay. a Pac-12 loss. Gotcha. Yes. That's where I was going with it. All right.
0: Love it. Awesome. All right. Well, we saved the Kings talk for last because we have some special guests to sit in on the Kings talk. It's the guys from the King Show, gentlemen. Get on in here. Yeah, yeah. we got James, George, and Dennis.
2: Little your business. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's
2: a lot of man meat on this couch.
0: Hate couch. Actually, Eric's had to move to the hate couch oh, yeah. to make room it, for the guys. How yeah. is that over there?
2: Uh, I don't like it.
0: <laughs> I feel don't like it feels good, huh? Week
2: it's to a... week, you should sit here anyway.
1: <laughs> you,
0: do you feel it eating your soul?
2: I, I don't know if it's the couch or sitting next to Ben, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. definitely uh, that's that's definitely a double whammy right there.
4: <laughs> I think Ben's done something shit. to the couch.
0: <laughs> Dennis and Jordan tried to fight it the first time they sat I on did. the couch for the King show and tried to claim it as the love couch, but even them, through the course of the episode, found themselves hating on the King. <laughs>
1: Either way, it's commitment to, you have to have commitment to excellence to sit here.
4: <laughs> well, there you go. You guys are in good company. He brought in the Raiders. Was that a Raiders thing? Yeah, yeah unfortunately. So, Vic, you had a question for the guys on the show. Well, I, I just have a good question because the, the Raiders, or the Raiders, now you got me saying Raiders. The Kings, the colors, God, commitment right? to yeah, excellence. The Kings, uh, this record could be really, really different because they have four wins in, in overtime and shootouts. Those games could have gone either way, and you know, without those four wins and the eight points that we have right now, is it time to open up the plastic case to put your hand over the panic button?
6: I don't think so. I think we're a little early because you know we're still in the first couple weeks of the season. We've seen we've seen some pretty good goaltending, even though we've lost two goaltenders. We uh, you know we have a whole backup crew coming in. We're still seeing good goaltending. We're seeing a a couple mistakes here and there, but it's not going to define where we're at. So far, you know, uh, like the last the last big flub was we'll talk about his muzzin uh, where, you know, he's just not paying attention uh, to where, you know, the, t- the other team is. And right. we're watching the puck. So little mistakes that we can correct, you know, from game to game, where I think we're going to make a big difference to, you know, carry through the season. That was not a hate couch response.
1: So I, I have a question <laughs> for you, James. And from other sports standpoints, When you have a team that goes deep into the playoffs year after year after year, how much of a wear and tear does that put on your Kings going into this season? Because you guys have made it so deep in the playoffs in previous years.
6: You're right, and and you know we saw that we saw that big uh, going into you know our 2015 season, uh, and which I think is is why we just didn't uh, commit through there last. Last year, we only went into the first round, so we had some time to rest. We brought in some young blood. Uh, I think this year's team isn't going to see that effect. We're not going to see as much effect as we have in previous years um, because we did get a little more rest. Uh, we do have some young blood coming in, and we made some changes. So that's uh, – what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I, I think you're 100% right. And I think because we have gotten younger, we've also gotten faster too, which is something that we're not used to seeing as – you know. Being Kings fans is, a, is you know, fast hockey. Our second line has been amazing uh, speed-wise. Um, and the fact that we really stayed up and played with the Blues as well, too, um, I think that kind of showed me um, that we can, you know, be up there with those fast teams and play and be in those games.
2: Yeah, and that,
4: that Blues game, that was that was a hit post away from – you know, a completely different several game. Posts. Yeah. Hit several <laughs> posts. hits oh. several posts. Yeah, that's just going back to that to Foley almost goal where it was a millimeter off from being in. So
2: I was going to say, I'm hearing a lot of ties. I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Thing. I'll tell you what, yeah, we do have a lot of overtime play, which is oh, right where you want to be. So,
0: hey, what can we expect on this week's
6: King Show? We're going to be talking about what we went through last week. Uh, we're going to be talking about what we expect from this week. A uh, little little ducks banter. I, I'm excited yeah, for that. Right? We we're going to make fun ducks. of the ducks for a while. Yeah, we're going to chew uh, on them for a little bit. A little duck pate. That's always and exciting. then uh, and then we got some uh, we got some surprise topics that we're just going to kind of throw at nice. each other. Nice. And uh, and see what we can uh, see some reactions and see see if we can kind of think outside the box this week on how we how we move forward. Is there any exciting ways we can shake it up to to get some uh, get some fresh blood going?
4: Very cool. Well, I there's think James wh- has a really bad idea he wants
6: to share with us as well. Yeah, I I got got he's smiling <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> I, I, got a, <laughs> I got a neighbor that shared something with me a couple months ago, and I've I've been uh, processing. Is it it's off the wall. It's something like Ben would love because it's so off the wall. Smart,
1: calculated.
6: It is kind of <laughs> it is kind of smart and when you hear it you're going to be like I don't even understand it. And then it's going to stick in your brain. And about a week later, you're going to be like, <laughs> it all makes sense. Like, we can do it. Uh, <laughs> it sounds
1: bad. I am on the <laughs> edge of my seat. <laughs> I
0: love it. All right. There's way too many dudes in here. So we have got to get out of here. We are Guys in Shorts. Follow us on Twitter at Guys in Shorts LA. Find us on Facebook. Check out the website, guysinshorts.com. Hey, call and leave a voicemail for us. 562-450-3356. Quick shout-out to Tyler Uhezi for winning the Fan Duel League this week. And Dang, I'd like so to give Jesse some props Lewis. to myself yeah, because exactly. I took second place. Cheater. Jesse took third. First loser. <laughs> How much <laughs> you win for second, Jeff? <laughs> Nothing. No, 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 no. <laughs> Dang it. Be sure to review and share the show, as always. Let's get out of here. King's Show, guys. Thanks for coming in. James, Jordan, and Dennis. And, of course, Victor Costello, Darren Besa, Ben Garcia, Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, and I am Jeff Wilson. Chappelle. See you guys next week. (laughs) There it is.